This is Comedy on Edge, the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. For more information and back episodes, visit ComedyOnEdge.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Dave, hit the music. Welcome, everybody, to Comedy on Edge, the podcast. Very special episode, as we've got our first non... Well, actually, Keisty's here, so we've got two non-comedians in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, Keisty, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. And our special guest, she's a singer-songwriter, about to release her third album, Laura Imbruglia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Excellent. So, the new album, it's out. It's What a Treat. Yep. Cool. Yep. Came out on the 7th of June. Yep. Yeah. And how do you get it? Like, I went into Red Eye the other week and grabbed a copy with a bonus jigsaw. Oh, nice. That was a cool idea. Is that yours Thanks. or? Yeah, it was my idea. Sweet. It's, um, just came out of my brain when I was just, just trying to think of ways to package the album that would be exciting. Well, it's sort of like the album's a dying art, really. Because, like, I, Red Eye is one of the few record stores left in Sydney. Mm. Now, it's, is it also on iTunes, the new album as well? Yeah, yeah. You can, you can get it digitally. It's just, I feel like you get more bang for your buck if you buy a physical copy because you get a puzzle. Yeah, oh, I think that's great. I like the album because I, I went into Red Eye the other week. I bought yours. I bought some You Are My reissue albums. It was, it was a good week. It was cool. expensive, but it was good. Nice. Yeah, but do you think, like, the one thing I miss, like, with all these, I don't know how to download stuff yet. I'm not that tech. Do you download Keisty? It's only 2013, Mike. You can't be expected to have worked it out by now. No, well, I've got a sound guy here, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you're right, though. Like, the... Uh, I love CDs. I love like reading the lyrics on the yeah. inside and seeing the pictures and like getting a little glimpse into the people's minds. Otherwise, yeah. you just download. Oh, you know what? I haven't heard that song enough, so I don't like it. So I won't pay a dollar sixty nine for that song. And you find out later on that was the song that would have been the one that you play every day after you listen to the album for two or three years. Yeah, well, I like the other one. Like, I like the album because, like, you know, you you get the whole album and you can listen through. And like, there's times when you listen and you go, "I don't like that track." I don't. And then, like, you six months later, you find that that's the track that you love on the album. Mm. If you play things long enough, you'll start to fall in love. My wife likes Alice in Chains now. Nice. Wow. Yeah, it took a lot of bludgeoning. Maybe you need to show her MTV Unplugged. Oh uh, yeah, See, that's that's what sold that's her. That's how she got on board. Yeah, Lane falling off the chair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and screwing up the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. See, I remember that album. I got into Alice in Chains because you remember. I can't remember the name of the album, but it was in a fluoro case, mm-hmm. and it was in the grunge section. And I just remember going, "Why is that in a fluoro case?" And Self-titled and, with the three-legged dog. Yeah, the three-legged dog. And I thought, went and listened. It's an awesome album, and that's what got me into it. So you know, nowadays, I mean, what do you do? Do you start googling, like going through iTunes lists of all these albums? It's no, that's why the artist has to try and put effort in. I think yeah. the trend is to not put effort in because people have just given up and gone, oh, no one cares anymore. The internet's doing everybody's thinking for them, you know, like genius and all these things, telling you what you're going to like if you like this and whatever. Yeah. yeah people I've... don't tend to buy unless they're buying vinyl. And I'm, yeah. I'm determined. I like CDs. I'm keeping them around. I do too. I'm glad. Because I, I, I like going to Red. Like, I went into Red. I had a chat to the dude behind the door. And I saw that you played there on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, oh, I said, oh, yeah, she's coming on a podcast. Oh, cool. And told him about that. And then we had a chat. And yeah, it was. See, that's. What do you do? Yeah, you're genius. What's that? Oh, it's like a, a part of iTunes, I think, where. Um it, it'll tell you based on your history of downloads what you're likely to like because other people have downloaded those songs. Yeah, like but and uh, so I'm I, not uh, sure how well it works. I've well, not I tried use, it myself. I use at work. I uh, listen to songs on Groove Shark. Mm. I don't know if related, just like 
pump up all these internet companies. But Groove Shark's <laughs> cool. You just have a look at it. But yeah, you're punching you're punching the name of a band, and then it just brings up all their albums and everything like that. And you can just create a song list, and it just streams it live, right? But then it does like the genius thing. It says you might like this because you listen to this. And I've got some messed up songs like my collection i think i said to you when we met i was like that the 16 year old me would have been very disappointed listening to lauren brulia <laughs> since like it was all pantera and alice in chains and sepulture in high school and then i found myself one day buying a pete murray album and just went oh my god like <laughs> what, I've what's changed. happened yeah <laughs> and but yeah when uh, so that song um remember that song love song by a chick called amelia i think oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i reckon that's song. a really cool song right <laughs> so i put that onto one of my playlists and it said you might like these five songs <laughs> because you picked this and I'm like I'm such a loser oh that happened to me with Spotify the other day and I like I had listened to Marvin Gaye and I said you listen to Marvin Gaye you might also like 30 years of Sting like some <laughs> Sting compilation and I was like no I might not like that wow see that happens <laughs> yeah. to me on Spotify I put in Coldplay and they said you might be clinically depressed uh, <laughs> Yeah. Could I have taken pills at a Coldplay gig? No. <laughs> it's we, not worth the effort. I did. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Were you at Paddy's? There used to be this late night comedy venue in the city, Paddy Maguire's. It started at 10 o'clock and it was a horrible, horrible gig. Oh, in the It started at 10 o'clock. This place has become legendary. That's where I first started. It had a pole in the middle of the room. It started at 10 o'clock though. No, it didn't start at 10 o'clock. It started at like 8.30 after JC got off. No, no, no. When, when John, Nick Johnsy had it. Uh, maybe, but he yeah, had it was for ten a o'clock. Of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. It was a comedy room in the middle of Chinatown. It's just backpackers and Chinese people who didn't speak English, and, and a there pole. Watch, they were all there to in watch the soccer. middle of the room. So, <laughs> so it's you were really like, really depressing. Yeah, it was awesome. That's what you got get me. To, laughs? That's what got me to where I am today. Yeah. Well, that was the first time I met you there. But there was one night when Coldplay sure played the entertainment. <laughs> We don't know where you are either. But Coldplay played the entertainment center and all their fans just came straight in and it was a depressed bunch of people. Oh. It was, yeah. Yeah, I was almost wishing, you know, the non-speaking English backpackers had stayed around. It would have been a better crowd. What's his name? To. Chris Martin? Is that, Chris Martin. Is that his yeah. name? Yeah. yeah, I think so. He's horribly annoying. Hey, I need to ask you. Yes. How do you feel about Oasis? Uh, if it was a vote between Oasis or Blur, i vote Oasis. Really? Ooh. What yeah. is a vote between, like... Oasis and good bands. Uh, Hang on. <laughs> I, like, I think they're a good band. And they're, really? they're hilarious. Like Have you heard some They of are hilarious words? when they're not actually like on stage no, being they... a Beatles cover band. They're no, good. the first two albums are really good. Really? Yeah. This interview's over. Oh. <laughs> so I'm gonna inter- what's wrong what's wrong with Blur? I like Blur. I like I, Blur I too, mind. but you know, like I like to play that game like so there's two bands hanging over the edge of a cliff, you can only save one. Who do you save? And you have to always pick bands that were competitive with each other. So, like, Beatles or Rolling Stones. Quick, one of them's falling. You oh, can only that's... save one. And so I like playing that game. And if it was, like, Oasis or Blur, I'd choose Oasis. What are the other bands you'd do it with? Smiths or The Cure, I'd choose The Smiths. Oh, I don't um, know enough. The Ramones or The Clash, I'd choose The Ramones. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd go with that one. What yeah. about The um, Beatles or Rolling Stones? I'd choose Beatles. The Beatles. You didn't yeah. even hesitate there. No. I like that. What the hardest you... one is Neil Young or Bob Dylan. For me. I'd go Neil Young. I'd go to lunch. Let him both drop. Wouldn't change my life. Like I said, no, rocking in the free world. That was Neil Young, right? Yeah. 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 How do you know that, though? Because of Pearl Jam. Yeah, exactly. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam or Nirvana? Um, 
probably probably Pearl Jam. I think it's one of my good mates hates Pearl Jam, and I could say to him all the time, <laughs> "That was because of me." <laughs> <laughs> so years ago, I would have said Nirvana because they were like the first massive band. But now it's Pearl Jam because yeah, Nirvana's not as yeah, going to say dated a bit. Is it, uh, present, is it present day and, and no? Is reckon, present band members alive? Oh, present day, it's still Jam. Nirvana. Absolute Pearl Jam, like since like Vitalogy. Yeah. Pearl Jam hit a wall with their first album, pushed through it to verses. Vitalogy, they were going, yeah, we're still kind of relevant. And then they just went, oh, guess what? Now we're a shit band. <laughs> That's yeah, pretty much I, what happened with Pearl Jam. Yeah, I don't like... I think a singer can put me off an entire band and I can't get used to his voice. I just don't like it. But I did used to listen to Vitalogy in high school, but I'm all about Nirvana. All about Nirvana. But he seems like a nice guy. And I was listening to Radiohead the other day and thinking... This actually could be Pearl Jam if it was Eddie Vedder singing. I think they're not as offensive as I think they are. It's just his singing that is offensive. Wow, that's... that's Well, I think Radiohead... Remember when OK Computer came out? Yeah. And people were like, oh my God, this is the greatest album ever. You remember like reading that on Rolling Stone and all sorts of places? And I listened to it and I tried. And quite frankly, Radiohead... If they were in that competition with those other two bands, I'd still go to lunch. They can all... Wow. Oh, see, for me, yeah. I, I, I never disagree. got into radio until a friend got me tickets. He said, oh, come on, come just see this band. I'm like, oh, they depressed me. And then I went and saw them live. One of the best bands I've ever, yeah, ever seen. Yeah, they're pretty great. Like, yeah, he was like, I thought Ed O'Brien was like Coldplay. I thought, oh, he's this depressed guy. I'm just going to be depressed for two hours. But he was charismatic. It was great. Is that they had two drum set. Is it Ed O'Brien? Yeah. He's one of the, the band members. Or whoever the lead singer is. Tom York. Tom York, yeah. yeah. I'm bad with names of that. But it was one of the best, probably one of the top five concerts I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah. What's your top five concerts then? Oh, that one. That one's in there. You and I at the Manning Bar 2004. Mm-hmm. Only because they were the first band that I ever got to meet. The Whitlams at the Uni Bar at Taz 98. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. There's been so many. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Top five concerts. Of yeah, all I time. think I think it's better to say concerts as opposed to bands. Okay. Like, you know, moment at a live gig, I oh, It's really hard to think because I've been to so many shows. I know that I really liked seeing Love, this band called Love from the 70s. They played um, at the Gaelic Club and the singer has since died and it was basically just him and a band of, of Love fans put together to back him. It's called <laughs> Arthur Lee and Love. Um that was like 2004 or something. Um, I, I liked REM when I saw them, although they really ruined Man on the Moon for me because he just kept going, are you having fun? Instead really? Of like, are you having fun? It was like directed uh, at the crowd and he was yeah. doing these like Fred Durst sort of hand, hand gestures. Was that um, the entertainment center? Yeah. So I balked at that. That was the first <laughs> concert I ever, I really wanted to see REM, but it was over a hundred bucks. And yeah. it, was, it was about the same price as a big day out ticket. And I'm like, I just couldn't, yeah. It was pretty exy, but I was really in a big REM phase at that stage, and I like bought mine so on So glad I've never had to say and that. Bright Eyes, Bright Eyes supporter, and I'm a big Bright Eyes fan. Really? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I can tell you hate I don't even know why we talk. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool. You can unfriend me afterwards if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. Then otherwise I can't do my like subtle, every breath you take style stalking that I do occasionally. <laughs> 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 Woo! Uh, and I can't think of the other three favourite shows because I see awesome shows. I, I think it's because I get drunk and then I can't remember. Like, I was just like, that was a great night. But, like, what was that night and what did I do yesterday? I don't know. So, 
I remember, like, when I first got to Sydney, I went, because I was growing up in Tassie, we didn't have, like, we'd get one band a year, and then going up here, like, you'd just go, like, there was a Hope in the Annandale, it was every, so I'd go out every night of the week, but I never went out drinking when I'd go see a band, because my mate Shane, his favourite band was Spiderbait, and Spiderbait only ever came to Tassie once, and he's mm-hmm. one of, Shane's a guy that has not left Tassie, ever, and the one time he got to see Spiderbait, he got so drunk, he passed out just as they came on stage and doesn't remember it ever. Aww. It's still in his top five, though. Right? Oh, yeah, he loved yeah. it. He goes, Tumbleweed were amazing supports, and they Tumbleweed. were. Tumbleweed. Yeah. yeah. They, they're back, aren't they? Or? Yeah. From the gong. Yeah, they're playing oh, around. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what was your what was your first, first concert you went to? I reckon it might have been um, Jebediah in Newcastle. And I, I remember asking my parents to drive me and my friend April to this all ages show in Newcastle uh, to see Jebediah and um, you know they had to my sister Carla lived in Newcastle at the time so they had to bum around at Carla's house for four hours whilst we saw Jebediah and this particular show someone got on stage and like went up to the mic and and was singing through their nose like and it was really um, awkward it was a really awkward vibe yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's not good. I, was that when the Living In supported Jebediah? Was it Split Personality Tour? No, I can't remember the supports at all. But I would have remembered if it was Living In because I was into them at the time as well. You yeah. remember the ad mm. for Jebediah when that album came out? Like, you just had your birthday, right? So, yep. you're 30. What, yep. I'm, I'm 34. How old are you? 33. 33. You guys remember when you were in high school, that ad? How old are you? 35. Wow, old oh, man. Mm. But... <laughs> It had like a, it was like the shopping center. Like, Can I get a price check on Jebediah? Oh, Leaving yeah. home. Leaving home. It was like, yeah, it was sick. I don't remember that. It was yeah. awesome. It might not have come to NBN. No. <laughs> I'll give you a break. Oh, no, I was in Cuba. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all <laughs> we came to win. So I remember, I remember when Jebediah came out, I remember buying, like going in to buy it at Sanity. They, they're still around. And the guy's like, yeah, this band, they're from England. I go, no, they're Australian, mate. <laughs> no, they're English, man. I'm like... Aren't they from Perth? Yeah, they're from Perth. Uh, it's nearly as far. Not really. It's not even close. But yeah, this was I was adamant that they were from England. And yeah. That's annoying. Yeah. I know. It's And he was just we ended up opening up the cover and just going, look, it's from Perth. And he's like, oh, that's amazing. I thought Green Day were from uh, England. Really? Yeah. Mm. They're not. No, that's <laughs> massively not. Not at all. American no. idiot. Massively American. <laughs> that's pretty awesome we cleared that up on the podcast. Mm. Yeah, well, that's a rumour that's been... But, do you remember that? It's a rumour that's been floating around for you. <laughs> There's a whole lot of people just going, fucking what? Rewind that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Green Day's management. Will, no, they're actually from England. They'll clear that up. <laughs> well, controversy. Casey, I've bet we haven't actually talked since. The hottest 100 of all time. The oh, top 10 included God, this is two horrible, of your favourite bands of all time. Who was in it? Was Jeff Buckley in it? Yeah. He got no was it And Oasis was like no Oasis they were both in the top five. Oh seriously. It was like like top five best gigs ever. That was top five worst days of my life. I was listening to music and I'm like, okay, this is shit. And I'd realised that there was there was either an Oasis song or a Jeff Buckley song that I knew was gonna be in there somewhere. Do you know Jeff Buckley? Jeff, no, like, <laughs> well, I don't think we've got enough podcast time to cover this one. No, I just, no, 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 I'll, seriously, Jeff Buckley makes me, like, seriously just, like, want to strangle people and Off hate. a cliff, Jeff Buckley and Oasis, and you have to rescue one. I'd put them in the same band and kick them all off myself. Except I don't reckon I could Actually, no, go better, yeah. kick my ass. You've got two kids. Jeff Buckley's got one of your kids on, on the cliff. Oasis has got the other one. You have to decide. Wow. Yeah. 
Jeff Buckley's gone for sure. <laughs> is there water at the bottom of the cliff? Yeah. Like, has my kid got a chance to make it and Jeff Buckley's fucked? Yeah, well, or? You, you couldn't use him as a flotation device, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> That's right. No, I, I, I turned it off at that stage and copped another dude. The old sound guy sending me a message going, how did you like the top 100, dude? I'm like, seriously? Why would you bring that up? Jeff Buckley and me, like, it's lucky that he's not around because we wouldn't get along. Right. I'm sure that, that if he was still alive, there would be the chance that we would meet and it would be horribly awkward. Yeah. So it's probably for the better. Wow, you're, so you're a Jeff Buckley it. fan? No, I've got Grace. I think Grace is like a good album. Well, that's all he for did, right? Is. Oh no, he did a whole bunch of other stuff. His family just keep releasing like just the most average things that he did at like in his house so his or whatever. Like, they so should get Tupac's publicist because I didn't realize they were releasing stuff like that. Oh, oh it's because I worked in a record store ah. for seven years. When I worked there, every five years there'd be another like unreleased demos for, and it would they were just like not good takes at all. If he was alive, he'd be like, ah. Oh. Well, him sitting in a room and just, just like, doing a little once over. This looks like a nice Pretty much. And the family just like, sell, sell, sell. It's horrible. But um, I got interviewed about the uh, the hottest 100 of all time the other day because there are only um, four women or something in the whole 100. Yeah. Really? And, yeah, something like. Or like female-fronted bands. And uh, and there's been a, a, you know, a furor about it and um i just think it's because more guys play music but um there are a lot of different opinions about it i gotta tell you when i was at uh, one of the big day outs magic dirt played mm. i'm not a big magic dirt fan but they're like human nature i don't oh, like God, i don't no no no, no 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 i don't like what they do but i appreciate they're very good at it same as always i'll give them that credit like they're an awesome band I just don't like them. And Magic Dirt, I'm like, yeah, this is sweet. And then Adelita, and I'm not sure, you might have to get your editing tape out, but she's like, they're just going, how come there's no more fucking chicks in rock and roll? Where's all the fucking chicks? Get up the fucking front and enjoy your fucking rock and roll. And I'm like, I think that's why there's not more chicks in rock and roll. <laughs> like, And I think that makes me horribly sexist because if it was a dude saying that, I'd be like, yeah. But I don't know. It was, uh, it was pretty rough and pretty harsh. Did Magic Dirt have say- anything in the hottest one hundred? No, mm. no. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that would be a reason for it. I don't even pick it apart, but, like, there's lots of fingers being pointed at the programmers. On There, there was a suggestion that Triple J should have a, um, a quota that they have to fill, like they have to fill with Australian artists. Mm. And, I mean, I disagree with... For the hottest 100 or in general? In general. In general, just you can't do that, But I just think I that's Triple stupid J did. because it should be mm. just... Music, they have loose. I think they do. You're if you're like a female artist, that's a genre within their playlist. I've got a feeling, but it's um, I just think it should just be music based, and yeah. I don't think it discourages uh female artists from picking up like a guitar and learning to play music. Mm. It's not like they don't have any role models. I don't think yeah. teenage girls are like, oh, you know, there's no girl holding a guitar, so I'm not gonna. Play, take an interest in learning music seems pretty stupid. Yeah. Well, do you reckon that? Oh, so you go. Do you reckon because um, I was talking to a, a famous uh, female comedian who was telling me that she reckons, and she's heard other other female comedians say, "Oh, you know, we don't get a break because we're women." And she said to me, "I'm only where I am." And she's been an international comedian, and she said, "I'm only where I am." Because I'm female, I've been given more chances, more opportunities than anyone else. If I was a dude, I would be 
that guy who is just a guy working the circuit, doing his best, and a professional comedian and does cruises and stuff. But yeah. because, and that was her, you know, she said it to me and she was stone cold so when she said it. Mm. She's like, I've been given these opportunities because I'm a woman. And she's in the minority. Yeah, you think so? Like, do you think, I think that. No, I mean, like, it? female is the minority. Yeah, so, yeah. like, people looking for something to fit. All oh, right, we need we need a female comic. Oh, you know, we need a little quirky uh, Gen Y comic. We need an old cranky uh, comic. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think no, I don't think a... female is like a genre. I just think uh, there's. You stand out a bit more because there's less mm. females around. So. It's not such a big um, ocean of fish. I think think there is some sort of, like, uh, I guess, social affirmative action going on there in terms of, you know, if you're running a room, you want to avoid that criticism of it being all men. Yeah, I try, like, Comedy on the Edge, my room, I try to book one, at least one female comic a week. And that is hard because, like, I've got, like, at a moment, I've probably got 100 emails in my inbox. Five of them would be from female comics because there's just not that many out there. Mm. So it's sort of like you have, I try to encourage that because... You don't want a room full of guys, and yeah, yeah, nobody wants a room full of guys. No, well, no, we'll do. <laughs> but you shouldn't get like it is a tough, like it's a tough industry. Yeah, but I think like you know, if you have a quota, then that's not the right way to go about it. But how do you actually get there anyway? You know what I mean? Like the South African cricket team created a quota where you had to have a certain amount of like black cricketers in their team, and I think there was a thing with um, the government. They said, you know, we want to, we're aiming to have a certain amount of female, mm. not sent yes. MPs least, in their team. Yeah, the Labour. Yeah, like something. straight yeah. up, the two coolest things on the planet are female bass players and female skateboarders. But that's the two coolest things going around. And I think maybe it's just because there's not many of them. <laughs> I agree. When I see a female skateboarder, I think she's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I look at her and go, oh, my wife can dance so well, but cannot ride a skateboard. Can I she could, play a bass? She can air guitar the shit out of a bass. She can play uh, Wim Away. <laughs> and sing it at the same time. I don't think it's called Wim Away. In the jungle? Is that what it's called? Can't imagine Wim-a-way. the amount of people going, oh, wow, what song is he talking about? Oh, you, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Just follow Keisty on Spotify. You'll see him play Wim Away. Uh, she, tries, she tries to play my kids... Um, uh, show tunes because she's been like uh, you know in shows like Guys and Dolls and all that sort of stuff mm. and theatre musical theatre and stuff you really got to put a stop to that that's going to rub off so. dude she starts singing and my two year old <laughs> goes no stop it stop it and Julie's like don't tell me that I'm like tell her <laughs> well I've got footage of him rocking out to uh, System of a Down bullet for my Valentine Metallica he was doing a circle in our lounge room like a circle by himself, like a mosh pit, looking at <laughs> Bullet for My Valentine the other day. I'm like, should have played your Metallica first, but Bullet for My Valentine's okay, and he's rocking out. I'm Dearie happy with me. that. Excellent. He's got a lot of upside. Mm. So, so, so Bullet for Valentine, would that be the first con- concert you take him to? Nah. I don't know what's the first concert I take him to. The Wiggles are dead, right? No, they've got a new cover. Ah, new got version. the quota up. Mm. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, probably... You can't even guess. You might be into totally different bands by the time he's of age. I hope I am. He's of age. Yeah. <laughs> then he can go to shows. I want to take him to, uh, I I want to, take him to Monster still, Jam. I reckon Metallica will still be touring. Yeah. Yeah, it might be pretty weird by then, though. Yeah, if you're some kind <laughs> of monster, they kind already. of are. Are the yeah. Stones yeah. weird now? I saw Aerosmith the other day. That was pretty sweet. That'd yeah. be cool. 
I'm not an Aerosmith fan, but they were. Are you like your old school rock? Yeah, right? yeah I old like school, Aerosmith. Like, yeah. I didn't know anything about them except for that one with the movie. Um, oh. oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, don't no, judge no. them on you that. Oh no, it's either Robin Hood or, or yeah, walked. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I was a rapper Pump? back in the day. You're, You're a rapper, right? I can do shoot salt and pepper. That's about it. Yeah, you yeah. can. That's yeah. something you need to look up if you haven't seen it yet. YouTube. A little bit of Lauren Brulee are doing shoot. It's on there probably two or three different, three times actually. Three times. Not where yeah. was that at? Was it just, <laughs> just, um, you just recorded everywhere it. I can do it. I do it for karaoke. I performed it at a show with my friends. Like they're a punk band called Talons. They backed me to do a version of it, and then I recently did it as a love song dedication for a fan. Oh, nice! Mm. I was paid money for it. You paid. Yeah. Still, yeah, they do, purchased it. They purchased. Oh, mm. nice! <laughs> yeah. Do you chuck in, in your concerts? Do you chuck many covers in, or is... I normally do one cover per headline show. We learn a new one per tour, but this tour I'm on at the moment, um, we had too much to learn with uh, launching an album that we didn't sort any covers out. Uh, but I normally do. Yeah, I love doing covers. How does it go? How does it progress? Like the whole, like obviously with comedy, there's a way we the comedy works is like you aim for a new hour a year, like with. The process. <laughs> Some of us. You do. haven't even got an hour, dude. How many solo shows have you done? Yeah, yeah. I've done four, so that's four hours. Four nil. So you aim for an hour of comedy a year. Yeah, an hour of new material. Like, yeah, you should have your show. Like- there's a difference there. You said an hour of comedy. He said uh, an hour of new material. See, there's yeah. Right. So yeah, that- that's one show, one new show. A year. Yeah, one new show a year. That you're, the aim is you tour it to the festivals and then. You do that, but how does it sort of work? Like, obviously, do you sort of go right? Do you pl- is it more organic with like releasing a new album, or do you sort of think, okay, I want to have one one out every couple of years? Uh, it's more just whenever I get around to it. If I didn't have a booking agent who I felt obliged to, and a band that I felt <laughs> like you know, if I want to keep my booking agent and I want to keep my band, then I need to write stuff. Then I would take as long as I like. But last year I just kind of I, it got to the point where I knew that I was going to have six weeks free I've been studying I knew I was going to have six weeks free in, in January to do whatever I need to do and um, I knew it was more than like enough time had passed between albums that I needed to get writing so I just like withdrew from my social life and focused on writing but yeah I'm very I'm not prolific at all How long have you had the same band for? This band from Melbourne I've had Probably for a year and a half. Yeah, right. this, uh, this exact lineup I've only had since late last year. But you've had a core group for ages, or are you just kind of. Nah, every album I've had a different band. Yeah, right. Yeah. How um, do you go about choosing a band? Like, is it who you get along with, like musically, or do you think, oh, I've got to be stuck in a camper van with him? Sure, he can play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just it's been different um, over the years. Like, there have been times when I've auditioned drummers and um but i i usually end up picking the person that i thought i wanted um and i with melbourne i i only knew the bass player and i knew he wanted to play music with me so i had a show come up and i asked him if he wanted to play and i said do you have a do you know a drummer that might be interested he brought the drummer (laughs) along he turned out to be lovely. We did the show and the drummer's cousin was in the audience and he was a pedal steel player and he's like, I want to play pedal steel for you. And so he turned out to be, I got him like to trial on one show and he was excellent. So that was a new band member. And there was another guy that I'd 
been in contact with for years that wanted to play guitar for me and um, my old guitarist left and I was like, hey, do you want to join the band? It was really easy. Which is the hardest position to audition for? Um, I don't normally hold auditions. It's just been a one-off. And it, auditions are really weird. I've only ever auditioned for – oh, no, I did bass and drums. It's just weird. It's better to just go with people that you know or like put the word out and say, I'm looking for a bass player. Does anyone know anyone? And then you cut out the riffraff. Do you do riff like. Riffraff is just the worst. You don't want to. Like, <laughs> auditioning, auditioning people that are totally inappropriate is really uncomfortable. And um, it can result in really. I'm not very good with facial expressions. <laughs> if I don't like something, I can't fake it. I'm just like. Ugh. And uh, it's it's uncomfortable. Clearly, never been to one of his comedies. Yeah, so that's uh, I avoid the audition process if I can. Now you're based in Melbourne now. Are you were Sydney based. Yeah, I was from Sydney. I moved yeah. to Melbourne a couple of years ago. Yeah, what pro- like just coincidentally, like in the last couple of years, Sydney live scene, a lot of venues have got. Did that any factor in moving to Melbourne? Or? No, I I I had always wanted to live in Melbourne because it's just a really cool place and. Mm. Whenever I went there, I loved it, and I was just I was dating a guy that had to move down for work, and that was just kind of a catalyst. But it was just an excuse. Like I wouldn't normally uh, move somewhere by myself. I'm too much of a chicken to do that. So it gave me an excuse to move to a new city and get set up, and it's pretty cool. Ah, oh, cool. It was, I take it the music scene down there is pretty good. It's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot more going on. There's scenes the. Musicians there are really welcoming and um, there's just more opportunities, I feel, and um, Sydney's got its own thing about it. Like I think um, artistic things can thrive when you are limited as well. Like Mm. There's a lot of cross-pollination in Sydney between different music scenes that doesn't probably happen as much in Melbourne um, just because there's less places you can play and people just tend to try different stuff with each other that I think is cool. Yeah, well, I'm in the Annandale because thankfully it's been safe and in its last throws, they've sort of reached out to the hip-hop community to start doing gigs there now. Really? Yeah, like there's been, uh, I can't think of the name of the guy, but yeah, a lot of, some of the herd guys have started producing shows there and yeah, they're sort of mm. yeah, So tell invaded. me, just uh, to forget about music, I need to. Uh, I need you to talk to me about your football career. Oh, I saw one. I saw one photo. Yeah, I played a community football game recently in Melbourne. It's wow. been it's this game that's been running for 20 years. It's called the Community Cup. Yep. And they get uh it's a fundraiser for RecLink. Um and they get a team made up of local musicians and a team made up of community radio announcers and they go against each other. So Sounds like the most dogs. athletic game in the world. It's just like it is uh just a bit of comedy. But 10,000 people turned out. It's their biggest ever turnout. That's good. At Elstonwood Park. <laughs> that's bigger than the, like an NRL game in Sydney. Yeah, that's yeah. Seriously. It's pretty big. Well, and that, there's a comedian he played a couple of years ago, Josh Earl, Melbourne-based yeah. comedy. He's, he's run around the cup a Has few he? times. Yeah, yeah, he's What played kind of football is it? AFL. He, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's mates with Bedroom Philosopher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To him. yeah, yeah. Um, Fellow Tassie boys. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, they're good. Oh, I know Justin. He's cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I played a footy game, mm-hmm. and I don't. I a lot. I spent a lot of the game going. What direction are we running in? What's going on? And um, 
there were there were only a few mo- illegal moves, and I did them whenever the ball was near me. Like you're not supposed to tackle from behind in this community game. I tackle from behind. You're not supposed to like touch the ball with your hand if it's on the ground. You're supposed to punch it or something. And I, yeah, I did all the wrong things. Um, you seem so athletic, though. I'm not athletic. You're joking, comedians. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was just they asked me to play, and it was kind of an honour to be asked. So I said yes. Absolutely. Who was even your captain? Was Team captain. Uh, Dan Sultan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the coach was Paul Kelly. Which is reason alone to when the to coach agree to Paul Ke- when Paul Kelly comes ask you just sign up. Excuse it don't matter me. what it is. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm assuming that's Paul Kelly, the musician, yeah. not Paul Kelly, the AFL great. No, okay, no, cool. no, it's actually Paul Kelly, the journalist for the Australian. He just <laughs> dabbles in it. <laughs> He's just like I'll just put together some news. Got play. the other journo just high fiving herself, going, "Oh yes." <laughs> and how did you guys meet? Like, because Keisty rings me up. He's like, "Yeah, I want to do a podcast with Laura Imbruli," and I'm like, "Okay, do you know her?" like this is common and we want to have we've got some more musicians booked because it's great yeah but yeah it was just it was an interesting call well uh i met jeremy because um i was on i cameoed on uh, an episode of irock the tv show he was on yeah that's how we met but like back before then i was at uni i was telling uh you went to uni yeah seven years for a teaching degree man it's the best way to do it um yeah, uh, Laura came and did like a lunchtime set in our cafeteria, which I think, I've heard about comedians doing lunchtime gigs at universities, and every time that I think about it, I just think, oh God, that wouldn't be fun, because I was like, as far as I remember, I was like the only person listening and drinking beer at lunchtime, mm. and there was like 30 people maybe, and of those 30, 10 of them got there about 20 minutes into an hour set, and about 20 of them left with 20 minutes to go, I think I was late for my next lecture, I was like... This is cool. Uh, I don't know. I've uh, I I quite like the juxtaposition of a small chick with a big guitar. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but like you're quirky and you always look a little bit angry at people, but you look like you're having fun a lot of the time. And I really dug it. And I was like, this is like a really cool lunchtime thing. This was this was awesome. And yeah. um, then uh, actually a few years later, I think I saw you support the violent femmes oh yeah at Hyde oh, wow. Park somewhere yeah. and then I was so excited because on I Rock there's a lot of people it was supposed to be a show about music there was a lot of people that didn't know or care about music why in no. the original pilot we had Pat Davin the guitarist yeah, yeah. from Grinspoon yeah and this dude Dave Fetterchuk love him to death uh, if he's listening hope you're well and your baseball team's going good he was the <laughs> producer and we we're all excited about you know the guy from Grinspoon's coming and he runs up he says he's a Canadian guy and he's like Guys, Pat Davern is here. Pat Davern from Grinspoon is here now for his scene. Pat Davern is here. And he walks in. He's like, you know, Josh, this is Pat. Rob, this is Pat. And I'm just standing there like giddy on my feet, just going, oh, my God, like, you're the dude from Grinspoon. This is awesome. And um, didn't introduce me. Oh, I was horrified. And, like, there was people who just going, yeah, hi, like, whoever you are. With and you, your, you didn't get to meet him. And I, I was in the scene and I was like standing there just kind of going, this is awkward. He probably thinks I'm trying to hit on him. Because I was just like weird and awkwardly staring at him. And I'm like, these people, these people who got introduced, 
didn't appreciate it at all. That's what I was mad about. And I get weird when I meet someone who I think is cool. Like, I was super weird with you on set that day. <laughs> I was a horrible. But um, it was, you know, when, when we got, when you came on for that and uh, Josh, who was the script writer, was like, you know, we're going to have Lauren Brewer. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, do you know her? I'm like, yeah, do I know her? Like, <laughs> we met at uni. <laughs> I was like just super excited. It was really cool. It was good fun that show. But um, I remember Tim Rogers was on that as well. Yeah. And Tim Rogers was there, and he was sick as a dog. And I just went up, and I'm like, "Hi, Tim. I'm Jeremy." And he's like, "G'day, mate. How you going?" I'm like, "Good." And just like walked off, and he was just the nicest dude. He's lovely. And he yeah. was like ready to just, you know, he was whinging to Dave, who was apparently looking after the talent. And he's like, you know, oh, I'm really sick and I'm sorry. And I'm just like, hey, man, oh, I won't talk to you because you're Tim Rogers, you're awesome. And um, and he, I'm sure he would have said more than just, hi, how are you going? No, he's really cool. Yeah. He's mm. He actually, I met him years ago at a Homebake um, festival and he, I ran into him at a bar about six months ago and he, I was talking to someone and he's gone, Laura, Laura, hey. And I was like, hi. And he goes, Tim. It's Tim. <laughs> we, we met. We met at. We met at Homebake um, about five years ago, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. who you are." I, I must have had my like be cool face on, but he, he thought it was like go, too cool that he thought I didn't know who he was. Tim, can't you say I'm fucking busy here? Let's <laughs> <laughs> try that one. It's pretty. It was pretty funny. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's a humble, I'm pretty sure humble that. man. Yeah, he seemed he seemed really cool. Mm. You sort of working like you mentioned. You support the violent fans and have you had. Obviously, if you had that moment where you've realized like the big gig, like you've met someone famous that's sort of gone, oh my God, look who I'm working with. Is there anyone? Uh, the first time I met Darren Hanlon, I freaked out. I was a really big fan of his, but that was before I played a show with him. Like by the time I, I had been trying to play shows with Darren Hanlon for about four years, I kept getting my manager and my booking agent to call Candle Records, the label he was on and and like asked to put me on shows and they just kept going, oh no, sorry, there's no... And it was really pathetic. And then I eventually met him and I was like shaking and and I he was, came into the record store I worked at and I walked past him and I was like, are you are you Darren Hanlon? He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, your EP, great, great. And I couldn't say anything besides keep saying your EP, great, and giving him the thumbs up. And then eventually he went to leave and I said, oh, I've sent my demo to Candle Records if you see it around have a listen, and he goes, oh, they're in Melbourne. I'll give you my address, and wrote down his address, and I was freaking out, going, not only do I have his signature or his handwriting, I have his personal address. Like, a total, I was such a creep, but I didn't go hang out at his house. That was his house at three in the morning. <laughs> just, walk, just walking past every ten minutes. Oh, hey, Joe, just in the neighbourhood. Just in the neighbourhood. No, I didn't do anything creepy. I think that's how I redeemed myself and eventually earned a support slot, but that was that's the most... I don't normally get very starstruck. I'm pretty chilled out about that kind of thing but um every now and then i meet someone who's a hero and i freak out yeah no, yeah you had anyone you freaked out oh other than tim and pat and, and laura laura <laughs> yeah yeah um i don't know i don't think so nah mm. i'm normally pretty cool and calm and collected as well or drunk either or, drunk. or. yeah it's i'm surprised uh, you got the long neck out that was good yeah i've got like i reckon i reckon if i had an action figure tell me this because if I had an action figure made of me, I reckon the accessory would be a long neck of VB in a brown paper bag. That's unfortunate. Really? That's a bit hobo, isn't it? Uh, it's a little bit hobo, but also kind of, 
You know, you go to a trendy pub and they sell you Melbourne bitter long necks in a brown paper bag these days. It is true. The hipster. Maybe not at the trendy enough places. I'm a hipster. You're a hipster. I don't know if you can tell by my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the brown paper bag that's hobo. Like if if I wanted, it was just a if I was going to be immortalized in a in an action figure, I'd want them to take the brown paper bag off the bottle. What would you have as your accessory if you're immortalized in an action figure? Uh, probably a Freddie Mercury action figure. As your accessory, yeah, that's pretty kick-ass, actually. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I have three cool. of them at home. So really, yeah, nice. Would it be a full-size action figure of Freddie Mercury, or would it be like, as you're the action figure, it would be a doll of It'd Freddie be a Mercury doll. in your hand? Yeah, I've got a seven-inch and an eighteen-inch Freddie. I've got two eras of Freddie in the seven-inch sizes. Like, there's one at the Wembley concert where he's got the yellow jacket, and there's another one where he's like all in leather from the seventies. Is that how you know you've made it when you get an action figure made of you? Yeah, well, he doesn't know that he made it. Well, he's not that aware. Oh, I think he knew it at the time, though. He knew he was oh. yeah, he was queen shit. The fact that you're performing to a sold-out Wembley, and <laughs> I think it's... I would have made it was on a PlayStation game. Really? Yeah, like he played college ball, college basketball in the States, and he's a character. And it's horrible, because he's like six foot five, six foot six, and can dunk the basketball, but in his stats, on a scale of one to ten, for dunking, he's got one. And they're like, huh, loser. And he's like, I'm on a PlayStation game. But I think it just gives you heaps of cred. Like, I've got two kids now, and if any of them ever say, eh, what did you ever do? I'll go, put the DVD in, son. I was on a TV show. You know That's what I mean? True. Yeah, it gives you a get, bit of a legacy. I think so, but I think having an action figure would be kind of all time. Maybe you, you know, just get you, one you made know, of yourself. You can, get, you can get them made. I think they're about 200 bucks. You can get them really? made. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a bobblehead made. It's happening in Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all happening. It's all yeah. happening. So, Laura, what's next? The tour? How, how, where are you into the tour? Obviously, you're in, have you just done Sydney? Or? Yeah, I, I did Sydney and Wollongong, but I'm doing another solo show in Sydney before I leave Sydney. That's on Wednesday night at the Midnight Special in Newtown. And then I head to Brisbane and then I go to Melbourne. That's tiny, that venue. Yeah, I'm, I'm a small fry. No, no, like I... I thought it only had like fit six people in there. Oh, uh, no, there's room. It's um they have really cool intimate shows there. I've played there once before. It's, oh, it's sweet. a pretty great vibe. A friend comic Rodney Todd DJs there quite regularly. Oh. Yeah. So if you see a short guy with a massive afro spinning the tune, say good day to Rodney. Rodney at the midnight special. I think Rodney might have been described to me um today. We went to my friend's bar and she was like saying that she put my C D on the other day, and some got a small guy who's friendly with an afro came up, and he DJs locally, and he yeah, asked what was Rodney. playing. That was him. Sounds just small like that. Yeah. So there you go. He's vegan, so just oh, okay. Yeah, don't hold that against him. Oh no, 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 nothing held. By the way, if you are listening to this right now, don't go down to the midnight special on Wednesday because it would have happened oh. a while right, ago. Yeah, it goes out next Monday. This isn't getting yeah. released tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, go, cut, yeah, cut, go out. Cut. Yeah, cut. We'll take that part. Yeah. No, but go to the Midnight Special. It's a good bar. Support good bars. Do it. And the tour after this, you're heading... Oh, then I'm going to Brisbane for July 5th. That's his Friday. And then Melbourne, 13th of July at the Tote. At the Tote. And sweet. Yeah. And you can buy your album, get it on iTunes or in the record store. Yeah. I know Red Eye have copies. They do. With, sure. with a jigsaw. Go yeah. in there. They had four when I went in at lunchtime today. So. Is it a hard display. jigsaw? Will my kid dig it? He's two. 16 pieces. Ah, okay. Double-sided. Ooh. Struggling, actually. He won't be able to do the If he's a child of yours, dude, it'll be a couple of years before he can even attempt it. Have you gone with two pieces? That's optimistic, buddy. So download. So legally buy Laura's album on iTunes. Yeah. Grab it there. And 
you on Twitter, Facebook? I'm on everything, yeah. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, what's your handle for Twitter? Uh, just twitter.com slash Laura Imbruglia. Laura Imbruglia. And you also got lauraimbruglia.com. Yep. So check that out, guys. Um, grab the album. Keisty, you're on Twitter. Uh, I don't do much on Twitter. Yeah, you are. You're at Jeremy. Oh, Jay Keist. At Jay Keisty, maybe? Yeah, yeah I've, me and Dash have been talking to you on Twitter this afternoon. So. Oh, really? I haven't been talking back. I'm very yeah, bad no, at Twitter. We've just been slagging you off. It's great. So <laughs> that's fair enough. Slag Keisty out on Twitter. Or you can do it in real life like Mark does. Well, that's true. Yeah, come on the podcast. That's what we'll do. We're looking for sponsors of the show. If anyone wants to give like $10, you can come in and insult Keisty on the podcast live. I've got $10. You can insult yourself. There you go. So we'll do a special episode. So Laura, thank you so much for coming along Thanks to the, the podcast. Me. Keisty, thank you. It's been a pleasure, Mark. It's been fun. So, ladies and gentlemen, check out, for more information, go to comedyonedge.com. If you're listening on iTunes, give us five stars. It costs you nothing. And have a great week. And Ryan, hit the music. Miss you.